1: All right, you guys, welcome to another episode of the Temple of Hope. Today's show, we begin on uh, a somber note, as my baby Pelicans uh, were officially, you know, for all intents and purposes, not officially, but for all intents and purposes, eliminated from playoff contention today with the uninspiring, yet another uninspiring bubble performance today, losing to the Spurs in un dramatic fashion. They made a run late, but the damage was done early when they just came out totally unprepared to play. Um, joining me today is somebody who has been covering the Pelicans for a while now. He is uh I got Chris Connor of the Bird Rights Media Group. They've been they cover the Pelicans. They uh one of the realest guys that I met when I made this migration to, you know, adopting the Pelicans, as the second team. What's going on, Chris.
0: Man, what's poppin', man? I you know, I gotta tell you, man, uh everybody needs a new friend when they move to a new city, man. So, <laughs> you know, uh you know, I was more than more than happy and more than willing to uh top it up with somebody who um knows a little bit more about basketball than just uh analytics, two K and what they see on <laughs> Twitter. You feel me? So yeah, man, uh but congrats on the show and uh you know, it's a pleasure being on, dog.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. I appreciate you. Um So just we're going to hop right into it, man. So uh, just on your angle, you know, uh, what what went wrong in this bubble, man, for the Pelicans? What what do you think went Mm. wrong?
0: I mean, it's a plethora of things. You – of course you you have to start with the defense. Yes. And them looking – I put out a tweet, I want to say, during the Washington game before they got the act right in the third quarter. That they looked a lot like the December Pelicans, Ooh. and if you remember, that's when that's when they were going through that horrible stretch,
1: thirteen string, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. That horrible stretch that pretty much ended with a brutal loss to the depleted Golden State Warriors. It, it, it was it was all bad, but just defensively, with the lack of rotations, the lack of communication, the talking. Um, the way that they they relate to contesting shots, boxing out, I mean all the little things <laughs> that you need from a good basketball team, they did bad collectively. Yeah. I mean it was too many too many plays throughout throughout time where you would watch them I mean, even when they got a team to miss a shot, guys are just looking around ball watching, no not boxing even. out to grab yeah. a rebound. Teams got so many second chance opportunities and some got third third chance that you know, that burned them. So, i mean i mean i I would say you're also dealing with a young team. some of these guys haven't been in these type of situations in which it's do or die, and you know they aren't they aren't made in this style of offense that doesn't garner much accountability, which we will mm-hmm. go to that doesn't that doesn't offer or doesn't demand much accountability uh it allows players to play themselves into whatever, whether it's playing <laughs> bad, whether it's playing well, however you out there rolling free reign.
1: Go laissez faire, baby.
0: And when you young, dog, it's not, I mean, it's just, it, that's hard. It's like giving an ATU, an ATU or a, a Corvette. I mean, that's pretty much what it is. Giving them the keys and just say, all right, go do your thing. <laughs> it, it doesn't work. So, um, but more than anything, you know, you got to give it to the defense, man. They, they turned it on and turned it off when they wanted to. When they, felt, when they felt inspired, like the first quarter of that Grizzlies game, the second quarter of that Jazz game, and, you know, we saw from mixtures of that third and a little bit of, of that fourth in the Spurs. When they, when they felt like it, things started to happen. When they didn't, they thought they would just play their way um, into scoring a bunch of points and hoping the other team missed.
1: Yeah. See that, that, for they me- gave up
0: 150 points.
1: For me, I look at it as, as, a, as a timeline thing. You know, to get there, you know, everybody doesn't know how basketball in general is going to look after this four-month layoff. And the scrimmages, they look good to me. That first group, I was like, well, these boys, look they look ready to play. Like, I'm looking yeah. like, okay, I'm feeling good. They, a couple games out from a nice spot, they're, they're going to be in the thick of it. You know, Zion has to leave. They still play well. You know, he comes back. I don't know what happened. It just they just looked uninspired. I I just I don't know how to I'm not and I'm not blaming that on Zion. That that that's that's not what I blame. Mm. But the situation around him, like a decision is like are we trying to win? Are we worried about the future? And I think that kind of played into the intensity or lack thereof that we saw and for me it's like okay, Utah that was a that was the game I thought they need to split the first, cause they need to win this first one. It comes down to it. They should have won. Should have put it away. Ingram misses a sidestep thing. I live with that take. It goes in and out, right? The Clipper yeah. game, I chalked that up as an L, but I expect an effort, at least, in which they did not try. The Clippers are scorching hot, but if you give the NBA team uh, open threes like it's a, a cone drill, you that's going to happen, right?
0: Which you saw, that against Sacramento. Yeah, so, so Sacramento, I'm like,
1: Sacramento, after the Clipper game, I'm like, hey, they're 0-2 season on the line, you know you got to win four or five of these games, five to be to give yourself a legitimate shot to be in a playing game. This is do or die. They come out and play some all-star game, rising stars level defense, and I'm watching that first quarter like, are they serious right now? They do not they don't want to be here. So I'm I'm, I'm confused, man. It just it, it it burned me knowing that what what I wanted to see was an effort. Like the results didn't matter to me after a month. So, okay, could just try, and we didn't get that from the Pelicans. And I'm like, what was your theory behind that? Where the effort disappeared? Where this team made that second half of the season run based on being an energetic team? Right? Nobody wanted to play with the Pelicans. You're going to run out the gym. So where did that go in the bubble? So, so one thing that
0: happened was that they before before the suspension everything started to started to work yeah. everything you got you got zion uh so when well, you slowly started to get him into shape yeah. the minute restriction was gone yeah like every everything felt right favors had came in well had came back and helped you fix the defense and they figured out how to win they just had things that were working for them they had a few eggs like that minnesota game at home but for the most part they knew how to win and how to be competitive. And guys were just clicking off of each other. Everybody had it rolling. That stop and start broke up that rhythm completely. Now you got to get it back. And you're arguably most, arguably your most important player or one of your most important players has to leave. He's gone for two weeks and then you have to bring him back. And you got to fit him in, but you can't fit him in under the the normal under normal circumstances, you gotta play him in, and Zion isn't a player yet that
1: okay. I'm back. has a He's bunch bummed.
0: like he doesn't have a bunch to his he doesn't have a to his game.
1: Yeah,
0: it's 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 simple. I mean, it's it's effective, it's efficient for the most part, but it stops the ball movement. It just does. Now we saw we saw them in that um, in the third quarter of the Spurs game. You saw them find other when he when he was in the game the ball the ball was moving a little bit more. they stopped just dumping it down to him in the post,
1: yeah, and
0: the ball started to move a little more a, a little bit more, but there's not a bunch of creativity, and i mean it it doesn't stop with Zion and goes beyond that. The offense is so simplistic and it's built to really thrive in a fast break setting more so than just than in half court sets agree it is not built to have the guys around Zion thrive, especially when he's playing just a small percentage of minutes and you know, he got to get the ball a bunch of times. <laughs> right. Right. Guys just on the floor watching him. I mean, that's just, that's what happens. They watch him.
1: Yeah. I think one of my complaints was that, you know, I thought even even earlier before the COVID stoppage, I thought that uh gentry had to be a little more creative given some of the special talents he had on the team. I thought, I thought the office a little bit too simplistic, that's one of my, you know, complaints. Even when they started rolling a little bit, so you know, before the bubble, you heard the GM David Griffin say that he wasn't taking too much away from this, right? So let's go away from the bubble a little bit and look at the season in a whole. Uh, what are some things that you, you know, liked that you didn't know before? Didn't didn't know before? What did you? Some things you want to see change going forward? So let's, let's let's talk about that a little bit.
0: So you can't you can't talk about this team. You know, to me, in a whole, and we're talking about the full season, and not mention Brandon Ingram. Mm
1: -hmm. I mean,
0: you know, and I, and I know, I know that's your boy. You know, (laughs) so you know, you you know, so we know, we know where your energy at with that. But exactly, I mean, to me, man, it 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 matters when you know guys that, and we can, you know, we can talk about his his lapses on defense and some of his overall struggles, but Brandon Ingram gives a damn. He cares. And he shows you that by the overall work ethic that he puts in, the time that he spends in the gym, the things that players say about him, the front office, the coaching staff. It's hard not to love a guy like that. And with everything that he's been through on and off the floor, starting a new situation, contract status being up in the air, his future in some people's minds being up in the air, for him to show up basically with his back against the wall, in a situation in New Orleans in which nobody knew how it all was going to play out with so many moving parts
1: right, and right, kind of right.
0: just putting it, in, put it in together for a year, for him to take that with or without Zion's, Zion's injury and become an all-star, I mean, for me, that shows you all you need to know about that person. Forget the basketball player. That shows you about that person. That means that that dude believes in himself. He's resilient. He's going to put the time, the effort and you know where his loyalties lie going forward. And it ain't just because it's a contract year to me. Whether it was a contract year or not, I think you would have seen that guy and you'll see him going forward. Um, and then Josh Hart, I mean,
1: I know you a big Josh Hart fan, <laughs>
0: man, because Josh Hart is me, man, and I'm Josh Hart, bro. Like, you know, <laughs> dudes that just go out there and just, you know, they may not be the most, they may not be the most athletic. They may not have the biggest, the biggest skill set in their bag. You know, they may not have been highly drafted or highly talked about or touted, but every team needs Josh Hart. Every team. There's not a he can fit on any roster in the NBA and you will be happy. He makes coaches happy. He makes fans happy. He makes mascots happy. No matter who it is, (laughs) Josh Hart's your guy, man. And he brought he brings juice. Um it's no it's no secret. When they made that run in the third quarter against San Antonio today, Josh Hart was in the game and for the most part anytime they asked Josh Hart anytime he was brought in the game he made plays just extra extra hustle offensive rebounds um but you know for me i think that you know it was cool seeing him seeing him be able to be healthy and just being an an overall glue cool guy a hustle guy he's a guy that um i think they have to find a way to make room for and they got to pay him going forward um the whole season, I like Lonzo's recovery. I know the bubble was <laughs> hell for him. Man, you know, I
1: mean, it got in a
0: tweet, bro. The last time you see you see Zo fire back at somebody on Twitter, man,
1: he was. Uh, I, I like that though because you you could tell like it mattered to him. He he was upset. Yeah. Um, it's just tough, man. You know his struggles were directly tied with with the team's struggles because I think if zo's the energizer bunny type player, the plays the plays he makes to energize the team and just him not to be yeah. able to contribute the way that the team grew accustomed to. I think he was at 20-8 and eight that month before the COVID stoppage. For him she, to just you know, ridiculous. look yeah to look as bad as I've seen him since his early, early, early Laker tenure. I know it had to burn. Um, I believe in Lonzo. It's just something, man. When you got four months off and, and you were healthy, to come back like that in a in do or die situation and play like that, it, you know, messed with me a little bit, but Mm-hmm. At the same time, this was a completely unique unique situation. Some players will respond one way. Some players respond other ways, are more comfortable in these environments. So it's, it's tough to gauge. Uh, he does have another year on his contract. I doubt they'll come to an agreement before because it'll be wait and see with him for sure, mm-hmm. just from a health and production standpoint. Um, Agree with you on Ingram. I think you've got something special with Zion and Ingram. Uh, that's going to be a two-man punch to be reckoned with. It's going as far as uh, the next few years with, a, with the older, this 2010 era is kind of aging out, and you need the uh, new blood going to be competing. I think Zion and Igrim are going to be a real, a, a real combo to be reckoned with. Um, Hart, I agree. Um, I grew to love Drew Holiday. <laughs> wow. He's just, he's, just, he's just, I do, you know, because just, just for me, I, I I got my basketball scholarship on the defensive end. So watching Drew Holiday night in, night out, I got to respect how, what he brought to defense. Uh, he's just not a point guard to me. I think that's what it was. He's not a point guard to me. He's a two who can play make. He's a two who can play make at times. But when it's put on him to actually create for others, uh, he looks out of place. And it happened that much in a bubble because with Lonzo's struggles, I think Drew took more of a, okay, I'm going to try to play point more. And the turnovers were just in decision-making. Was just you know not customary to what we've seen from him, so um, I'm looking forward to you know Drew kind of leading this group another year before they make a decision on what to you know mm-hmm. with his age and where he fits. Yeah. Um, Jackson Hayes grew like grew in increments as the season went on. Mm-hmm. Um, not
0: Nau-
1: I like I like Nikhil. We just got to get him. Oh. <laughs> Understand under- like stay- his
0: mind, bro. Yeah. I like his got- mentality. I-
1: understand who you are and once he understands who he is i think you'll see a more consistent player uh i still am not in love with the frank jackson experiment i feel, like, Nikhil... <laughs> we, I feel like
0: we the... can go but let's talk about frank jackson right yeah. now
1: because my thing with right frank now. jackson i was like so i'm hearing from people who cover the team you know this is about development if it's about development why is frank getting Nikhil's minutes if this is about development that's not following i'm not following that why is Drew Holiday not with his
0: family if this is about development? <laughs> Why is Derek Favors out there with a bad back and a walker on the floor? And he, <laughs> like you see he's not moving. Right. So I mean, which one is it? That's right. That's bullshit. I yeah, mean it was.
1: It was I'm confused, man. I I was confused with the message of the team.
0: Bullshit. Alright. So <laughs> let's talk about Frank. <laughs> My issue with Frank is that you are six foot three. Okay on a good day, you try hard, okay? (laughs) Perfect. We all know people that try hard, okay? But you can't play point guard because you can't run an offense and you can't handle the basketball. And you also cannot create for yourself, but you are also not a great three-point shooter.
1: (laughs) So you're just out there.
0: (laughs) The only guys in the NBA that can thrive under those particular circumstances have to be lockdown defenders. And he he got, is not. Yeah. <laughs> what does he do? What does he do? Why is he on the floor? When each one came in that game in the second quarter, he did some positive things. Right, right. He's your vet. He can penetrate. He can finish. He can't pass. Getting <laughs> that? He can't pass. Can't throw lives. Can't do any of that. He can knock down shots. He gave a help. He cared about. He cared about getting through screens. Each one fit. Okay. You coach basketball. Okay. (laughs) What would you like as a coach about Frank Jackson?
1: I just, I mean, he works hard. I mean, (laughs) players like that, you know, he works hard and and this is not, you know, and when I, when people take this the wrong way, I'm speaking to him in the, in the NBA, in the NBA, you know, with the NBA as the, has a baseline here. Everybody understands yeah. that he's better than 99% of the basketball players on earth. We know that. Well, honey. In the NBA environment, he does not bring much to a roster that is trying to win at the moment. Right? Like Nikhil, he's six, can beat somebody off the dribble, can make a splash play to energize, to energize a team. Each one can score. He can shoot. Right? He's floor space. He's heady. He's a vet. That's why I was confused with the message of the teams. like, we're here to just develop you get experience yet you got favors out there eating up a lot of 5 minutes when Jackson Hayes is you know eating pine and he gave you a little more energy right so that's why i was confused with the with, with the with the pelicans what their message was going into the bubble the players might have been too honestly
0: i i could i could see i mean it's a weird and I me mean, to be fair man it's a weird situation to be in
1: Very. because extremely, you come out extremely. you
0: you come out in the opening press conference or in the in the media day in which I was in attendance for, and David Griffin says we want to we want to beat people's asses. Well, shit, you say something like that, people people are expecting a team that is trying to make a playoff push. You ain't trying to beat no one's ass to be a night nice seed to be a tenth seed. <laughs> that's, that's not the point.
1: Right, 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 right.
0: So it's an uneven message. Okay. They start to play well before the trade deadline. You don't trade Drew Holiday, even though there's stuff out there. You might. You're looking at this. You're looking at that. Okay, you don't trade Drew Holiday. But at the same time, you don't make any moves that can fill some of the holes in which you know you lacked, which is a somewhat of a playmaker or a ball handler off the bench.
1: A wing and, defender.
0: And Kenridge Ken Williams with feet and a jump shot. <laughs> If he could move and he could shoot, Camerons would be great. Yeah, another effort guy.
1: Yeah, I thought thought Camerons would be a bigger part of this team just because he can he can defend a little bit. But he just when a guy just cannot shoot, it's just tough to put him out there on the NBA floor, especially with with Zoe and Drew who can shoot, but there aren't like okay, this is a knockdown shooter, right? So, I'll throw you on that. All right, so we went through the roster, so. We've gone through the roster, said who we liked, who we didn't like. On to the next and probably most controversial topic with this team. Where are you with the coaching staff at this point in time?
0: I mean, look, I wrote an article in December telling <laughs> y'all what need to happen. People, man, people are so fake, and I ain't gonna throw them out here, man, but I, I know a lot of people that during that time when I wrote that article, and there was somebody else that that wrote the same article I did a couple days later and got puffed for but we ain't going to go there. Um, but, outside <laughs> that, uh, petty, uh, but outside of that, because I'm petty, but outside of that, man, it's like I, I, I wrote that article in December saying what needed to happen. And those that were on the opposing side told me that you can't blame Gentry because he can't make these players play hard. He's emphasizing certain things throughout through our practices, in which he does. And if you when, when you hear him mic'd up, he's saying a lot of the things that you want him to say. You know, come on, guys! Come on, guys! Pace, guys! We gotta, we gotta defend, guys! You know, um, box out. I mean, you know, he he says a lot of these things, and I mean, in my in my process is what has changed. I see a lot of people that are on the other side of it now. What has changed? The way that they were playing in December, like I, like I said in the beginning of the show, it isn't that different from it isn't that different from how they were playing. Throughout this bubble, it's very similar. <laughs> so, how can you blame Gentry now, but you didn't blame him in December? Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I mean, injuries, of course, it's still playing somewhat of a role because because Zion, Zion's not in shape, even though he's he he may not be hurt, he's working his way back from a layoff. Same same concept. Um, I, you know, so my thoughts on Gentry, who's been in New Orleans for a while now, is that he is a good starter. He's a good assistant coach, but he's not a coach that is going to win you meaningful games, playoff series, because playoff series victories in this type of environment are about the little things. It's a reason that Pop has the Spurs playing as well as they're playing right now without <laughs> Lamarcus Aldridge. Right. I don't know who the hell they're bringing in off that bench. Right. I man. I Lonnie Walker, so bro. Lonnie players.
1: Walker. He got the he got the I had to pull up so
0: many basketball references joints, man. I'm like, who, who the hell is this dude? Like, who, like so many cats. But it's because of the little things. One thing I like about pop is so dope, man. And I laughed every time it happened because it's what a good coach does. Some coaches have theories on timeouts. Phil's, Phil Jackson, uh, Phil Jackson's theory was when a team gets, when a team gets going and they're on a the run, I'm gonna let the players play through it. We ain't calling no early timeouts. Okay, well, first shot. of all, as
1: a Laker fan, that works because you got Kobe Bryant and Shaq on the floor. But go ahead, continue.
0: fair, <laughs> fair, and it had, and it worked when he had Mike and Pippen. But right. that was his theory. Yeah, right. When the Pelicans were down 20, anytime they scored consecutive baskets, Pop called a timeout.
1: Nope, we're not doing this. <laughs>
0: And they will go right back they will come right back on the floor and go up seventeen or fifteen. And it, it, it was it was great because that's what great coaches. It's the small things it ain't about it's not always about the big the bigger things, it's the smaller details.
1: So I think that feeds into your theory about um, I think Alvin needs a ready made team to manage. I don't know if he's a builder because some of the things needs, like his, mm-hmm. his philosophy is, is is fit for veterans. Like this free flowing offense. Like if you have best to understand who needs the ball and where they need to take shots, his offense works. But you have rookies maybe playing for contracts or trying to develop themselves as players. They don't know when to do what. So it I understand, I definitely understand where you are with, with, with Alvin as far as maybe this not being the right situation for him. Um, I, to I me, mean, look at Houston. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah.
0: No, no. I mean, look at, look at Houston. While Mike D'Antoni has made, has made some adjustments along the line and they don't, they don't run the pace that he ran in Phoenix. Um, that system works because he has veterans on the team that not only have individual identities, they know who they are on and off the floor. But the second thing is they know their role on the basketball. When they step in, when they step in the court, they know what I'm supposed to do and I'm going to do it every night. It doesn't change no matter what. Pelicans are battling both. Zoe's still figuring out who he is. Still figuring out his role on the offense. Drew is always trying to figure out his role on the offense. Uh, Brandon Ingram finally fi- finally is in a spot that fit him, but this is his first taste of being of being an all star, being what you know he was pegged to be coming out of Duke. Um, Derek Favors was coming into a transition un un unsecure in his role. The only people that you have there, they really knew who they were, what they were being paid to do, and they showed it pretty much to you. Josh Hart. J.J. Redick, Drew. <laughs> what else? Yeah. Outside of I mean, Jackson Hayes now go out there and give me, you know, and give me energy.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. So, assuming they do decide to make a change in the coaching spot, um, who are a couple of names you know that may be popular or unpopular that you would like to see get a shot at the at the gig?
0: Well. We first gotta gotta ask ourselves, do we think this is a because this team should be in championship contention over the next decade. There's no it's it's no reason that they shouldn't build a team or have a roster, a culture that's providing championship opportunities. So that is the ultimate goal, which which I believe that it is, you have to figure out if this is a two coach step or if it's a three coach step. <laughs> So if it's a a two-coach step, there's a lot of ways you can go. Um, But Ty Lue, for example, I think he might be a guy who's going to – who's great when it comes to observation. Um, He has a playoff championship pedigree. The players are going to respect him. Being a former player in the league, the minute he walks in the doors, whatever he's conveying to the team, more than likely get that get that respect. And I think he'll bring a level a level of structure and organization, a little bit of maybe more of micromanaging than this team this this type of team needs, a young team needs before they're ready. Like like you said, if Brandon Ingram was twenty five, Zion was, you know, was twenty, you know, was twenty four, they were a little bit older, this shit would work. Yeah. I think it would work a little bit better. Right,
1: right, right, because right. Because
0: at that point at that point they may not need shackles. They may not need to be watched over a little bit and constantly corrected and have a level of, you know, all right, I'm I'm going to put they may not need the same level of organization and structure, but this team needs it. Um Kenny Addison's a favorable a favorable pick, mainly because what he did with Brooklyn, the ties to to Trajan Langdon, who was their assistant GM uh over there in in Brooklyn. And with the level of young talent that you have, it seems like a perfect match. A lot of people like like what Kenny's going to bring. And Kenny Kenny Agerson is a coach that believes in toughness. He believes in making the right – like, I mean, for example, making the right basketball decision no matter who cares what about it. I don't know how that's how, how that's going to fit because, um, you know, we saw that his decision to start Jared Allen over DeAndre Jordan, which made sense, wasn't popular within the locker room it was a smart thing to do right you know so if the politics don't get involved there i think he's a fit um i mean i i like i like jerry stackhouse as a possible name to throw out there
1: um yeah stack is stack is weird man because didn't he win glee coach of the year and then just couldn't get a shot right because because my thing isn't that didn't nurse do that nurse won the uh, <laughs> right and i love nurse go ahead but I'm just saying, but Nurse, nurse did win the, the G League Coach of the Year, worked his way up. Nurse is a grinder, and he's one of the best coaches in basketball now. I'm just wondering why Stackhouse hasn't gotten the same, the same shot that uh, that Nurse did. He's, in, he's at uh, Vanderbilt now, correct?
0: He's at, he's at Vanderbilt. Meanwhile, um, and listen, I'm all for black, you know, for black brothers getting opportunities at coaching, but how many times do we need to see my man uh, Jack Vaughn on a, uh, being a head coach? I don't want to see Mike Brown head coach in another basketball team. I don't want to see Jack Vaughn. We got to give I, – I, I need to see guys like Jerry Stackhouse getting a chance. I think he earned it. He won He won G League. He was the coach of the year in the G League, and he led them to a championship. Fred Van Fleet was on that team. And to this day, as he's breaking out, gives Jerry Stackhouse a right. lot of credit for him being where he's at. Right. I mean, the ties he has to Brandon Ingram being from the same city – Um. I'd I, I like him to look
1: there as well. Okay, that's that's interesting. So my my top was, you know, Tyron Lu. Obviously just he's just, you know, he's got a relationship with Griff, right? He's had success. Mm-hmm. Um he does not get enough credit for the adjustments he made in the two thousand sixteen NBA finals, uh just defensively what he did after those struggles the first few games. He does mm-hmm. not get enough as a tactician against an all time great team, you know, overcoming mm-hmm. that. Um Atkinson just as a culture builder. If that's what this, if that's the stage where this team is uh, what he did in Brooklyn before they had, you know the the names, the Kyrie and KD's KD Katie came over. Uh, he had that team playing extremely hard every night. They defended night. just you had to play, you had to play to beat them. Um, yep. That, um, you know, a name. Uh, Stan Van Gundy was one for me. Um, Stan. As long as he's not doing the president of basketball operations stuff like he was in, in in Detroit that was just too much yeah. on his plate uh, I think if he's just coaching the way he teaches the game and this reliance on defense um, I think would help the team uh, he did he did, it's been 10 years but he did you know build something in Orlando right around a big guy so those are probably the three names I'm interested in. obviously gonna be some assistants that you know look for their first I'm sure the pop people yeah. will get picked at again. You know with Bud and those guys having success, yeah. right? Um, so we'll see. I don't know if they're going to make the change. Uh, like you said, Griff said he wasn't taking too much away from the bubble, um, but if they do, just you know, I guess we both be on board with with Lou or Atkinson. You know, Van Gundy's not a, a bad name for me. Hmm. So you
0: you know, you think because one of the some of the complaints that came from players that were with Stan Van Gundy. You know was that see, I wonder because Stan does hold people accountable right he'll do it, he'll do it vocally, <laughs> he'll do it he'll publicly. do it on the floor, he'll publicly. do it publicly, he'll do it off the floor, you know I wonder if because you're you're battling extremes here Gentry like if you're comparing coaches, they're on the complete different side of the equation here. Gentry's more of a player's coach. You know,
1: you know, he, you know. Well, my but before I could just, do nah, exact, nah, go what, what, what got me to the point of, okay, I'm ready for a new coach, is Gentry would not acknowledge the bad defense. I don't know if he was just trying to keep the guys into it. That was the most annoying part of the whole situation. Oh, well, you know, they just, they, they made shots. I'm not sure it was our effort. They just really shot the ball well. And I'm in the back of my head, I'm like, Alvin, I know what you lost. I'm not a professional coach, and I can see that they are not, playing hard there's no way you are coming with a straight face on this zoom interview and telling the whole world that they played hard like that to me was like okay to fix a problem it has to be acknowledged right yep he's not even acknowledging the stuff they're going through on the floor maybe he's doing so in the locker room and just to keep guys like with him but that was not a good sign to me but go ahead back to back to where you were
0: well i mean what's the what's the point of of Bringing it to them in the locker room or in practice, like that, that's that's why I don't get the part of when no one knows, no one knows what goes on in that locker room. What does it matter if we don't see it on the floor? <laughs> right, right, right. I don't care if he calls out someone's defense in the locker room, but when but when it's when it's time to show something on the floor, he doesn't make an adjustment or a change. Like my like issues with Gentry go beyond just uh, his temperament and the type of individual he is. I mean, I like how he protects his players, but at the same time, like you know, there there are things like for example. We play with lineups all the time with Zion, right? And we know that, for example, Zoe and Zion normally are going to be on the floor together. Why don't we do that with Brandon Ingram? (laughs) Why, why is he on the floor most of the time with the same people? Why have we just been seeing a bunch of pick and roll action between him and Zion? Why don't we run that a lot more? You just got done. You just got done with AD and Drew. That's that. That was half your offense.
1: Yeah, like was, uh, that, you that know, thing, yeah, that leads me to a bigger issue with Brandon. I, I feel like uh, post January, I'm not going to say afterthought because that'd be like harsh, but he, he definitely got bumped a little bit to to the back burner from a schematic standpoint. And I feel like there should have been more of an effort to kind of maximize his abilities along with Zion. And I think. That's something I'll have to look at as far as the next coach and the roster makeup going forward as far as – because obviously those two are going to be the building blocks. So that that's something I'll need to consider more carefully, I think, going forward.
0: I mean, you you got to know what type of players you have in that building. Like, if you're – you know, I compare B.I. To like, a, to like a power running back, you know, like an old school back. So we're like, <laughs> he's not a dude that's going to – Gas you for 60 yard runs and touchdowns and make, and make splashy plays completely. Like, he's a dude you got to continue to keep in rhythm, give carries throughout the game, give him 15 to 20 touches. And eventually, not only is he going to have things going in rhythm, but the other team's eventually going to be tired. And when they're tired, he's going to be at his best. And that's how you put teams away. It's a slow grind with him. Yeah. It, it, it's, you know, you're not. You're not looking for a consistent twenty-point quarter. That's not. That doesn't need to. doesn't need to be his game. And it, it, it's upsetting that watching on the sidelines, watching at home, like those are things that I can see or that people, you know, like you can see. You know, like, but you you don't put him in the game and not let him touch the ball until <laughs> three minutes left left in the fourth, and like make something happen now. Yeah. It don't work that way with him he ain't that type of dude yeah, what yeah, they yeah. did against memphis was the right way to handle him you put him in the game you know his best score give ooh, give him the ball <laughs> give him the ball every damn play until it doesn't work and he won the game
1: he's a willing passer which is the other part it's not like he's going to if they if they show that they're going to you know collapse on him he'll make the right play even if it's a hockey pass right uh, to me, with those struggles, I was like, I, I tweeted, He's the best point guard on the team right now. With <laughs> As far as everything's going, he's the best point guard. With the way Zoe's struggling and Drew with the turnovers, you're better off having him initiate the offense at this point in time. Just just, just get a good look for somebody. Anyway, those
0: are the observation, the observational skills, and just the overall ability to be able to just, just have better awareness of what you have on the floor, what's working and what's not. Okay. Um, those in game things you need That's your next sorry. coach to have. You need your next coach to say, okay, BI gotta start this fourth. We you know, we, we cut this down to four to, we cut this down to four to start the fourth quarter. We can't go out here with the same lineup. It worked. We got energy in that third. We need Drew to keep we need Drew to, to almost start and help finish this game. We need Ingram to come in. Like it's just it's it's the on the fly
1: it's, stuff, it's, the on the fly stuff. Yeah,
0: on yeah. the on the fly stuff. Let's continue this momentum because eventually San Antonio's gonna make adjustments, and this lineup ain't gonna be able to get it done. And by the time you got them starters back in the game, down it was 10. too late.
1: Yeah, down ten.
0: It was too late, and they almost I mean, shit. He almost brought them back, him and yeah. JJ. It was too late.
1: Yeah, that was yeah, uh, yeah, man. It's just you know, we'll 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 see what happens with the coaching thing. So that that was actually good to hear that we got a couple of the same coaches in mind. So lastly, obviously, um, just roster makeup going forward. Uh, What I saw from the Pelicans, just for me, they have a lot of pieces. Um, The fit was a question at times. Like to me, the big thing is what they're going to do with this five spot. Favors is still an NBA player, right? But I think with Zion, the five that he has to play with, he has to fit one of two things: either he has to be a floor spacer, where He's going to be outside the three-point line, and if you come collapse on Zion, it's open looks for somebody off a rotation, right? Or he's got to be a high, high high-level lob threat, where if you leave Zion, it's a lob, or if Zion misses over the double, it's a tip dunk. You know, favors doesn't fit either of those bills. So I think the five you bring in is going to be the, the biggest decision that the team has going forward. Because I think a lot of people, I wasn't, i I'd noted this a while ago, The that net rating they had with that starting five, with Zion, uh, Favors, Ingram, Zoe, and Drew, it, it was fool's gold to me because it's just they're not a good spacing. It's not good for spacing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, no, no, I'm with you. Yeah, so what, what, what are you with the roster makeup going forward, particularly at that five spot?
0: Well, you know, I know I mentioned earlier that they need somebody – they need a guard off the bench that can handle the ball. Yeah. Um, whether it be a guy like Jordan Clarkson, whether it be a DJ Augustine type, whether it be whatever whatever route they want to go, they need another individual that can handle the basketball if you are going to sit Lonzo and Drew at the same time. <laughs> if you're not gonna have if you're not gonna stagger them, right. you need another guard. Frank Jackson should not be we're not going back to that. I mm-hmm. I said we wouldn't do that. All right. Um, but in regards to you know, to what you said, um, if you would combine Derek Favors and Nicole Melli, it'd be great, right? But right. the odds of you being able to do that somehow, or the good Nicola Melli, um the odds of you being able to do that, I mean that's somewhat of a unicorn. Um, I don't know how easy it would be to get a guy like Miles Turner from Indiana, you know, but he'd ultimately be a really good fit. Um and I mean, a lot of the other guys that would make sense that have, you know, that have that veteran, that have that veteran touch and have been and have been in the league and been able to do a little bit of both are on the good teams. I mean,
1: right. Brook Lopez right. would have been a great.
0: <laughs> what he's doing in, in Milwaukee works, but you're not going to be able to get him. So, um, I don't think Jackson Hayes go, is going to be ready um, by year two. Of course, and, you know, he he still he has a lot to a lot of work to do in his body and in the mm-hmm. film room.
1: Because I think when Hayes, um, when Hayes hits the ceiling, he fits well with Zion because he's a lob perfect, threat. You can't perfect. double off the weak side because he's going to hit the glass. He's going to tip dunks and lobs all day, right? you got to respect him. And if you're in mm-hmm. too much, there's shooters around. So I think Hayes at the ceiling fits, but like you said, he's got a long way to go.
0: You need a, you need a big man. More than anything, you need a big man that can move. Yeah. Favors looks like a shell of himself out there on the floor right now. Like I was looking through his stuff last year with Utah, man, and yeah, I saw you. I saw you post a clip of him. Yeah. Completely different player, man. Like he's just not the same dude. And whether it's to knee the, the knee injuries or uh the back problems that he's had that he's had, he's just not the same player. Really on either side of the floor. And until we can see Duke Zion defensively, just from an activity standpoint, and I yeah, think at some right. point I think I think I think we're gonna see it at some point. But until we see that guy that can move around and actually gives a damn on defense and can really get in people's way, um, you need a rangy big man or somebody who can who doesn't move in sand, um,
1: cover up some mistakes, pretty much.
0: Yeah, but I mean, the odds of you of you being able to find that, I I I think you know it's it's a shallow free class right now. Um,
1: Ingram's the best one. <laughs> I mean, <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 yeah. He. He's the best one. Um, If you're going long term, long term with Zion, I think you're probably best served to find a stretch five that can fit what you want to do offensively, and focus slash hope these the other guys around that center. If he's not the best rim protector, is able to improve defensively. So Ingram, Zion, so all those guys are able to improve because more. I mean, the penetration, man. The overall, the miscommunications, the way that they get lost when the ball is moving, uh, they gotta fix those things. I think if if they fix those things, you may not need a an elite rim protector. Because Pelican fans were spoiled for years with Anthony Davis,
1: yeah, right, not mm-hmm.
0: realizing
1: it's a generational like, what defender. dude is, yeah. like
0: yeah. that he is.
1: Generational he's a safety.
0: Defender, yeah. He he's a safety and he covers up so much. Right, right, babies right. isn't that guy, and with the defense that they have, or the the current setup that they have, right on the way guys are playing, you know, he would be perfect. But of course, he's helping, trying to help LA get a get a championship right now. So, um
1: seventeen on the I way. Think right,
0: yeah. And I know. <laughs> I mean, go get a stress five, you know, and work on getting the troubles of getting through screens or defensively. Work on that aspect. Make that be an emphasis. Uh huh. And see
1: where it takes you. Yeah. So I, I think we're on the same page, with the with the five, um, I think they got to add one or two wings that are just even if they're just not floor spacers. If they're great defenders, they can find a way to just help the team out, right? Because they're really lacking. I think Ingram's the only wing they were really playing uh, in the bubble, right? They have nobody to guard yeah. big wings. Everybody, everybody else, everybody else is a small two. Like Josh Hart's a small, was a small, small. He's six four. He's a small two. He's playing a lot of three. Uh, Nikhil was playing some three out there, like just because he's six six, so they got to find yeah. a, a wing or two, even if they take a guy like a, who's just a, a a low risk, high reward guy, right? Who maybe did, was drafted drafted high, didn't pan out. Looking for another shot, one of those type of guys. There's somebody on the wing who can defend. Then we're on the same page with the, with another point guard, a third a third ball handler who can be trusted. You know, maybe I, no, I maybe, like Marcus maybe, Morris. Yeah, maybe Marcus Morris.
0: Yeah. I like, I like Marcus
1: Morris. Monte Morris?
0: No. No, 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 no. I'm talking about from a wing perspective.
1: A oh, wing. Yeah, Marcus Morris. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. From The guy who's the Clippers traded for him, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that would be a guy who would help them in a lot of ways, especially, uh, you know, they they have too many nice guys in the locker room yeah.
1: right now. Yeah, they, they need I mean, to have a toughness. Ingram's more of a silent. He is silent. He is silent goon. Like silent that. killer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think Morris is a fit there. I think that just the third guard, man, just a, a DJ Augustine, you know Van Fleet's probably playing his way out of the players way out of the price range. <laughs> that would be great, without though. a doubt,
0: <laughs> without a doubt. And I was the, hoping he didn't, but without yeah. a doubt,
1: just you know guys like that. But um, yeah, man, we'll, we'll see. The the, the the bright spot for the Pelicans is I think, uh, with Drew Zion and Ingram, you have a, a, you know most teams would kill to have three players with that type of production, right, and still. Someone, usually the end of his prime, Zion B.I. generating his prime, Zion's just scratching the surface. I think those are just three pieces you can build a, a just a, a solid roster around. And where are you with Drew with this age and situation going forward? I know he's a New Orleans mainstay. Where are you with him going forward with this team?
0: Well, I one thing I liked is that he has in this bubble or one thing that the bubble showed me is that like they knew today. When Ingram got back on the floor and Drew followed him, that ball needed to be in Ingram's hand. Mm. And I loved in that Memphis game. It was the same thing. We're gonna put him in this corner, let him create. And Drew, you're gonna whether you stand it, wherever wherever you're standing at right now, your job is if, is if Ingram can't get it done and he passes it out to you, you go ahead, you go ahead and penetrate, find the open man, next get to the line, shoot the open three, whatever whatever the defense is going to is going to allow you to do. If That's the type of Drew Alley that we see to where he's more of a third option. And, you know, they continue to improve this roster to where it's more guys that that can defend to where he's not being forced to guard.
1: Six, eight guys.
0: Exactly. (laughs) I mean, guys that are simply struggled with him. And Drew is strong. But, dude. DeRozan. DeRozan. DeRozan,
1: Yeah. DeRozan is like shooting over a chair. It's like shooting over a chair.
0: DeRozan eats him him up every time. You can't. Like, cool. You can you can take advantage of Kevin Love trying to post you up. Because while K Love is strong, it's just different, man. Yo, tomorrow from Compton, man.
1: It's just
0: (laughs) it's different, bro. Like, right. right, right. Like like, Drew, I respect you, but I'm stronger than you, man. And this is where I work out at in this mid range (laughs) area. I'ma shoot over you every time. There's really nothing you can do about it. You know, so um I think that um I don't want to pay him a lot of money going for that. That's my, I don't want to give him, I don't want to give him a long extension that pays him.
1: 30 million, million,
0: right? (laughs) $30 million a year. I just can't, I can't do it. I can't. Um, Because he should be the third peg in this wheel going forward. No matter where Zion and Ingram rank together, Drew needs to be number three. And I think that fits him in long term is going to be what's best for the team and his career. So you know, I I'm more open than ever to bringing him forward. But if it if it stops you from, I'm still still on this Lonzo ball train, and maybe it's gonna work out to the best for the Pelicans because his value has has maybe went down a little bit, so maybe you can you can you can get him into more of a bargain than you were able to at some point. Um, but if it stops you from retaining Zoe long term, if it stops you from being able to bring back Josh Hart and feel the holes because you're paying Zoe, I mean, well, uh, Drew, and you still got to pay Zion down the line and you're about to give B.I. to Max. I'm off the train.
1: Yeah, I see what you're saying. So it's a, that's a dollars and cents issue.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm off the train because you're two guys going for the Brandon Ingram and Zion. And with the right coach and the right structure, um, they're going to be all right.
1: Yeah, you got two potential top fifteen guys, right? In the so you should be able to build something solid around that.
0: And one's a killer.
1: Yeah. So that's what I thought, man. It's you know it was just frustrating to watch them. You know, just not the results, man. Just the effort in general not be there. That 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 was what zapped it for me. Like if they try, if I felt like they played hard, they just got beat by teams that out executed and were just better. You can blend that on youth, right? But if you just get out there and just get out playing and now hustled on the rebounds and just effort, loose ball stuff, I saw you loose ball tweet, right? <laughs> like you get yeah. out playing on stuff like that. It's hard to be excited about, you know, what happened in the bubble. Like I leave a little, I, I leave this bubble a little disappointed. Obviously if Portland loses, they're still in it, which to me is just like, it's a slow death right now. <laughs> but it's like. Slow death, yeah. <laughs> slow right, just, death. Just, just, just go to beat just just beat Philadelphia and then stop get it, get it over with. Because stop, stop, regardless, stop, stop stop making me make me fool out of myself on Twitter trying to believe in this team. <laughs> I'm looking real bad right now.
0: Nolan right, needs to man, feel so. this pain, man. Yeah. They, so. they don't they don't deserve to get into to get into a playoff scenario. They haven't earned it. They haven't they haven't put in the type of energy and consistent press that a team fighting for this position
1: should. Right, like, to me, if, if I go and deserve it, Phoenix deserves it. If you watch Phoenix play, it's like, try, it, we're trying to get this done. Like, every possession matters. They're defending. Yo, Booker, when it's clutch time, Booker's like, yo, give me the rock, pick and roll, or high ISO, I'm going to make the right play. It's just, watching that team play right now is just is special. And then Monty, obviously Monty was, was, was your old coach, you know, but, you know, Monty doing his thing over there after a rep start, Losing Aiden because of the you know PEDs, you mentioned, yeah, yeah, and just coming back, you, you got to respect with things that 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 also about me. Like you see Phoenix and the Spurs is like, damn, the Pelicans got you know, they got beat. They got, out definitely by have them. more more talent than, than Spurs and then similar talent to, to Phoenix. They so got beat where, out by the Spurs,
0: bro. They got beat out by Javon Carter and <laughs> and, and while I love Mikael Bridges, uh perfect for this team, yeah, Great but defender. um, yeah, man, they. They're gonna lose to Devin Booker. <laughs> I, I can't wrap my head around it, bro. I, they have, they, I can't, they but, had two.
1: Ga- they had two games on Phoenix when it started, bro. They yep. had two games.
0: Yep. <laughs> man, you know, but it got to start from up top, man. Like right. you know, you can't you, your coach you you can't give up 150 points and your coach come out and say but they just made out. shots. <laughs> okay, the first quarter when they came out and scored 50, they were making some wild – They man, you know. Steph Curry misses an open three every now and then. They didn't miss. But but they were still – they could have done more to impact the shots. That the, the looks
1: were too comfortable, right? The looks were too comfortable. That's, yeah. That's what it used to be. The looks were too comfortable.
0: But when it continues to the third and fourth <laughs> quarter after they made that run in the second, you're going to come out and say that they just made shots? Right, Again, right. after they just got housed by, by, uh, by the Clippers?
1: And my thing was that it filters down to Zion because Zion said the same thing in his interview. He's like, you know, Jeepers wasn't better, they just made shots. I'm just like yeah.
0: bro. That's exactly what Jinky told him to say.
1: He's, <laughs> like, he's getting brainwashed. <laughs> yeah, so you I was I like Yeah, but anyway, we off that. Moving on from the you know, we just finished our eulogy on the Pelicans. So uh who you got winning the chip? Just all the you know, fanship aside, who you got winning the chip? I'm 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 still
0: trying to ride with Milwaukee,
1: man. Milwaukee. Milwaukee, okay.
0: I'm still trying to rob Milwaukee because to me they have the best roster construction of any team. Like they figured they cracked the code on how to perfectly build around Giannis. They got the perfect number two dude that don't say nothing, that knows his role and is happy and Chris Middleton. I (laughs) ain't never heard Chris Middleton talk.
1: Right right. never. (laughs) I ain't
0: never heard him say a word, bro. I don't know what his voice sounds like, man. But (laughs) he go out there and give you a silent twenty five and that's it. Right, right. Um, he ain't trying to take up Giannis's shine. He he let Giannis do his thing. Um they're talented. Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe's like a forgotten man. People forget that, that, that Bledsoe's on their team. Right, right. They got bigs that can shoot. They have people off they got guys off the bench that come out and play hard. They got veterans off the bench. You know, your George Hills, your Kyle Corvers, uh, you got my man's Dante. Was a great three and three and D dude. Who, if you want him to close a game or two, uh, or being being with a closing lineup, he could go out there and do it. So I I think their depth overall, um, depending on who they run into, you know, because Toronto scares me for them, but they need they're gonna miss Kawhi. That's what I say.
1: Right. I say I, it, I don't it, it, give a damn. I say you gonna miss Kawhi when it's time to get some dirty buckets, and you uh, they, yeah. That's that's where they're going to miss Kawhi. Uh, that sounds, miss good, the, the sounds good, but the sounds good. The Lakers are going to win, <laughs> but that, you know that sounds good. <laughs> you not you not
0: worried. You not worried oh, yeah. about about how they've been playing the the past few games.
1: Here's the thing: they're taking the light switch approach, which worries me. Like you hear Vogel talk, he says, "I got my playoff rotation. I just want to look at other guys." My only thing was, you get three scrimmages in eight games, eleven games is not a lot to get rolling after a four month right. layoff. So. Mm-hmm. It might cost them a game or two in that first series, depending on who you get. My um, thing is if you play the Blazers, your offense will get better because you don't get a whole bunch of open shots, so they don't guard nobody.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're they not guard nobody. <laughs> yeah, so play the Blazers, nobody.
1: you know, you might win lose a game or two, but your offense going to get better because guys are going to be wide mm-hmm. open all day. Um, Phoenix is too young. Spurs don't have enough talent despite the coaching. Uh, mm-hmm. Grizzlies, they are who we thought they were. You know, they took advantage yep. of being injured <laughs> pretty mm-hmm. much. And that's no disrespect, because I love job. But if you look at the talent on that team, they're not ready to be in that A. C. Mm-hmm. right now. They just nah. their talent their talent compared to the other teams competing. You know, they just were healthier, in my opinion. I mean, they did have some good wins, but if the, mm-hmm. if the Pelicans or Pelicans don't lose Zion out the gate, or the Blazers don't mm-hmm. lose Nurk or Zach Collins the whole season to have Melo playing center sometimes, right? They're, they're, they're in that spot. <laughs> 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 so, again, Do, y'all. Um, this is um, Chris Connor. Follow him at. Chris Connor on Twitter. He works, follow the bear rights, Preston Ellis, all those guys. Shout out. Uh, is it Ole? What's his name? How do you pronounce his name? Ali. Ali, Ali. Also follow all of them. Uh, they're good follows despite the, you know, the Laker kid slander from months ago. They have turned the corner. <laughs> they love our kids now. So stop, stop, stop <laughs> trolling them y'all. They showed them love. Uh, appreciate you guys tapping in, hit the follow subscribe button. This is the temple of hoop. Another episode done. See you next week. We are out of here.
0: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history.